I truly believe that the challenges that come along our path, they're intended to help us grow stronger so that we can bring our light, not dim our light, but really bring our light as a gift to not only ourselves, because that's really important, that back to that self-care, but to those around us so that we can help each other grow. Welcome to Zestful Aging, where I talk with fascinating, talented, and inspiring guests who reflect on the adventures and challenges of aging and who are living their lives with vibrance and purpose. I'm your host, Nicole Christina, psychotherapist, writer, and fellow Zestful Ager. I want to invite you to my brand new free webinar, Zestful Aging, Here's How You Do It. You can sign up at NicoleChristina.com. And as always, I appreciate your feedback. Well, I have my Jack Russell Terrier Sparky right beside me and my coffee in my hand. So let's begin. Today we have Sandra Sabine, who is the owner of the Liverpool Arts Center in upstate New York. She's a businesswoman, artist, musician, and healer who's, who focuses on expressive arts, rhythm, and meditation programs. Her TEDx talk is titled, The Art of of letting go. She facilitates several programs, including Healing Waters Sanctuary and Creative Rhythms, all with her husband by her side. Welcome to the show, Sandra. Thank you so much for inviting me. This is exciting to to talk about my work with you. Thank you. Yeah, you know, I'm interested. When did you first know that this is the kind of work that you wanted to do? I don't know if you ever really know, okay, this is it. It's something that unfolds. And uh, I personally, uh, I follow my heart as my compass. If it feels good, then I usually jump in with both feet. Mm -hmm. You remember realizing, though, that you were talented in the arts as as a young child? I actually struggled quite a bit, which I, I believe is, is I bring that to teaching the arts and any expression that I'm offering because I was that, you know, that art student in the back of the room struggling and afraid to ask the teacher for help. And uh, so it, it never came naturally to me. So um, through that, I've, I've really uh, developed this, um, this teaching style uh, that helps other people explore because I know how hard it is to uh, be that person that's mm-hmm. that's not feeling as gifted, but I really have something to express. So, but really, since I was a young child, I I have always felt this teacher inside of me, and I grew up in a business much like this. My mom uh, owned the Artworks, which was also in Syracuse, New York, um, and for a long time, I was you know just part of the art world and. Uh, you know, the downtown show that's so wonderful to be a part of in community and creativity in this area. And so um, since that period of my life, I've always known I, I, I would some way make it to where I am today. But it was kind of a crooked road along that way. I put my art down for many, many years until my husband passed away in uh, January in 2002. 
And I closed my first business, was, which was a state licensed child care center. Mm-hmm. And uh, I literally just jumped in with both feet and said, I have to do this after watching him struggle for so long with cancer, 18 months. And he, he died so young, he wasn't even 40 yet. And mm-hmm. um, so watching him just really give up on dreams, knowing that it wasn't going to happen, uh, that was at the foundation of me saying, it's time. I'm not going to waste one more day. Mm-hmm. That's That sentiment is echoed, you know, through many of the interviews that I've done with other people who have been caretakers. Um, how how did that experience, you, know, you were a young, a young woman, how did that kind of ha- influence your, your work and your, your purpose currently? Well, I, I was um, at 29 years old. I was a widow with two young boys. And so uh, letting go of a business that was actually my bread and butter to open up an art gallery was quite terrifying. So how it really influenced me was uh, I had to really trust my intuition and um, and just explore and really connect with people in the arts. So I immediately threw myself into, uh, you know, opening as a gallery um, through the generosity of a local businessman who allowed me to just, um, you know, explore what I wanted to do. And within a year I was teaching because people were coming in and seeing these lovely artists for sale. I, I represented over 50 local artists and it was a beautiful gallery, but people would come in off the street and say, this is really beautiful. I want to learn how to do this. So. Within a year, um, I had students, and those students are still to this day coming to the studio as part of this extended family. So I believe that uh, in in that loss and that just just the trauma of of at such a young age, you know, taking on more than I, (laughs) looking back, more than I really anticipated, um, I think it pushed me to, um, to create a community and to be able to uh, form something that allowed me to express myself um, in ways I never dreamed possible. Mm -hmm. It was formative, no doubt about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's really interesting. Um, Do you want to talk a little bit about the art of letting go? I think that would be of great interest to our listeners. Absolutely. That's... um, it's, it's really something that um, I just, uh, through the TED Talk that, um, that I gave just this year, uh, the process of uh, digging into that message and saying, what do I really want to say as I'm standing on that stage and I have this message? And so through that process, which um, anyone who's given a talk like that knows there's some self-preparation. And uh, because it is you know, quite a relaxing conversation with an audience, but it's really about that message. And I said, what message? Really, it speaks to who I am and what I'm doing. And, you know, just on every level, as a mother, as a wife, as a business person and community leader. Uh, and and really, through the string that brings it all together is the art of letting go, letting go of who I thought I was becoming of what I'm supposed to be doing. And I'm, I have those rabbit ears around what I'm supposed to be doing mm-hmm. because I'm in the art world. So there's a lot of um, myth 
around you have to learn how to draw to be able to paint you have to you know have this this process down or you have to be naturally talented or you have to produce artwork in order to spend money or time on this this um, endeavor this you know this classroom teaching environment and it's really not true it's really about letting go of you, the expectation of the outcome and and letting go of the supposed tos and and being present and so in every facet of my life through you know uh, discovering my husband's uh, terminal illness through uh, exploring the different holistic um, modalities that helped him actually uh, live a very productive life for a year longer than doctors ever expected and also to let go of uh, who I thought I had to be as a mother you know through these different phases um, and and, and be present with who I am right now. So being present is is all about letting go of the outcome. And to do that in the arts is often very difficult uh, because of that expectation of product and selling and marketing. And, you know, so I've actually found a way to create my business in much the same way, which is is not the common way. Usually, you, you know, you have a five-year, 10-year business plan and and all of that, and I, I really just follow my heart and let go of of how people think I should be doing things. And if it feels good, then I'm really present and just I move forward with that. This might be a really funny question, but um, many women I've spoken to talk about an inner voice or an intuition. And for for those listeners who may not exactly be sure what that feels like to get an intuitive um, sign. Can you describe in a little more detail how you experience that in your body or mind or spirit or soul or however it comes to you? Sure, absolutely. Uh, it's, it's actually one of my favorite things to talk about as well because uh, I call myself an intuitive teacher. Um, so... And I, I could just use that as, as sort of a, uh, so people can identify a little bit. So uh, how I run these uh, art classes is not your basic academic class. I run them intuitively. So people don't come in and sit down and I teach everyone the same thing. It's an intuitive process of kind of feeling uh, a sense of a person, an individual, and what their needs are. So. In, in my way of experiencing intuition, it's it's connecting with my heart, how I feel, and if it's another person that I'm intuitively connecting with to either help them teach or inspire or pass along a message, um, it's tapping into uh, a sense of how they feel. So, and, and that's often just um, just listening um, to myself and uh, to this other person. So, for instance, if someone's um, coming into an art class, I feel that they're um, nervous, they're scared, which will often come out as anger. And so intuitively, I know this, and I will feel that in my own body. I'll feel a sense of anger or defensiveness sometimes and know that it's this shared experience, which is what we're all doing on this planet is we're part of a shared experience. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of honing in a uh, process of understanding that um, if we take a breath and really tap into, am I feeling this? And what can I do with this before we take that action or say that next word? Um, it's a way of um, checking in with, okay, I, 
I feel like I can be present with this and how can I help this person? Okay. And after that, it's um, uh, letting go of um, how I think I should react or things I, I, I think I should say and tuning into um, the needs of the group around me and how that feels very often is just uh, emotion, just waves of emotion. Um, and so again, that goes to being present and, and connecting with my breath, which I teach all of these things as well. Um, because it's helped me um, just kind of define how I want to present myself to a class, to a room, to my family even, and personal relationships. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does so, that answer your question? Yes. I mean, I think you're talking about empathy, right? Yes. Trying to mm-hmm. trying to read what the other person needs and um, and maybe uh, make some choices around that rather than just having a curriculum and saying today we're starting with you know charcoal and we're all going to do this model in this particular way yes it definitely involves quite a bit of empathy um on on many levels uh but also i i bring into that just that feel of energy so sometimes it'll be tinglys sometimes i'll actually feel like you know just kind of a surge of energy through my body so it's a combination of the two. Mm-hmm. Is that a spiritual process, Sandra, or is it is it just a physical process? I think it's a balance of both. Uh, I, I I believe in the law of attraction. I would call that the most uh, the closest thing to a spiritual practice that I have in place at, at a, a fundamental level as far as my own values and how I make choices. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not sure if I, I, it's kind of in between spiritual and energy, just really we're all energy, you know, mm-hmm. the, the chairs we sit on, the tables we sit at, the people that we, we're all based on energy. And so I, I believe that if we slow down and really tap into how we feel physically, spiritually, emotionally, energetically, that we can get a sense of things and make, uh, good choices according to things that we sense that are going on in the current moment, not, you know, next year or after Christmas or, you know, after that next best thing happens. But right now we can make good choices. Is that saying that there's information out there that we may not be able to articulate exactly in words, but is still important information? Absolutely. Yes. Okay. Yeah, which yeah. requires us to really slow down and, you know, find time to just sit still, whether it's meditation or, uh, or creating art or, you know, just taking that time with yourself and really engaging in regular self-care practices so that, you know, you can be that, that quiet, empty vessel mm-hmm. to allow things to flow through you, to be a part of you. And so you can decipher how you feel. That's a beautiful image. You know, many of the women um, and people listening to us are, they're starting a new phase of life, perhaps. They may be saying goodbye to their kids who are going off to college or not, or they may be caretaking parents. They may be winding down their careers, but it's definitely, there's a lot of transition um, in this phase. And I'm wondering if you could speak to 
the art of letting go as you come upon maybe the end of one phase of your life and start asking questions about what you want the next phase to look at. What's, what's a good use of the art of letting go? Uh, well, I've, I've tried to simplify it as best I can. So it, it comes down to three steps that, that I use. And it's sort of become a mantra because I, I definitely understand the challenges when we get to these points in our lives where we, we're redefining a lot of things that we just naturally identified ourselves with, like mm-hmm. a job title or, you know, being a mother, uh, a grandmother or, you know, just we don't often we, we, we get to these points where that was just what we did. And mm-hmm. then they end and uh, we're out of yeah. a job. Yeah. But but we're still the same person. And there's that common thread throughout all of that. You know, we are you know, we bring to the table everything we've experienced. And I think we often forget that. So um, what I like to do is and this is my process. I do this very frequently uh, and and it's three steps. I take, I, I create sacred space. And that's either, uh, you know, I could sit in my car and create sacred space in my car. Um, and I take some time to really uh, just just tap into how am I feeling? What's, what's my inspiration? Like what fires me up? Where is my focus going right now? And, and, and then I let go of what it, what it should look like, what I should be doing, what I haven't done. You know, that to-do list that, that, you know, it just generates that monkey mind bouncing around. And just that, that time that you take, and it can be 15 minutes, it can be five days. It really depends on what you're looking to do. It can be months if you'd like. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's just part of this process that it allows you to unfold and be present with who you currently are, including everything, everything that you've, you've been through um, and the values, and just take time with that. Um, but the focus really is uh, what brings you inspiration, what motivates you, what brings you forward into um, this next best thing, this next idea, this next group or tribe that you're discovering for yourself or creating for yourself. Mm-hmm. I love that idea of unfolding. It's such a beautiful image. It reminds me of a fern, you know, in the spring, kind of unraveling like that. So you're talking about sort of like a, a type of a mindfulness practice, I think. And many of us know how important that is and how good that is for every aspect of our health. And yet, many of us forget to do it, or it goes by the wayside, or, you know, something interrupts it. Do you have any advice about how to make sure that's part of your daily habit? Oh, absolutely. Um, So I I am at heart and core a creative. So creatives are very well known for just high energy, impulsive, like go, go, go. So when my feet hit the floor, I'm usually off and running. So if I go lengths of time without that quietness or that self-care practice, 
I become very ungrounded and I, I can, you know, just really get caught up in that constantly moving. So, uh, what, what I started, um, actually about a year and a half ago, I, I became really, uh, a little militant in my own life about it. Um, because of some really big things that were going on in my life, I needed to feel grounded more often. So I, uh, before I got up, I actually was laying in bed. I would not, you know, even flip over in the covers until, um, I brought my hands to my heart and took some nice deep breaths in and, and really breathe with the whole body and really feel that shift. And I would lay there until I felt shifted in some way, either physically or a lot of times it happens in my mind. My mind feels much more clear. Um, and then when I, when I open the covers and my feet finally touch the floor, uh, it, it's a mindful, uh, more grounded sensation Mm-hmm. Then when we just kind of jump out of bed, mm-hmm. coffee's going, and you're off and running. Check your and, phone. Yep. Yeah, and I think we're all really, you know, guilty of that at mm-hmm. very, very often. But my whole day is shifted if I do that. If my feet hit the floor, I, I just can't help. I'm off and running. I've got things to do. So that's what <laughs> I would recommend. Don't even get out of bed until you set something in motion that's, that's going great, to keep you grounded. That's mm-hmm. a great. Great advice. Will you tell me about your your drumming practice? Sure, absolutely. I'm very excited because um, this uh, just, this door opened up, and I've been speaking at uh, conferences um, for uh, recovery uh, from addiction for about the past um, year and a half. Uh, my son's in recovery, um, really doing well, but he's in California, so. Uh, in upstate New York, it's it's a challenge to find um, uh, help for families and people that are, are looking for a good sober living community. So this is a way that I can bring to the table uh, an opportunity to create community. So uh, we just started a, a whole reband, re- rebranding uh, campaign, and the new name is Creative Rhythms, and they're programs for hire, and uh, I'm so excited to say that uh, we are being hired all the way out through uh, uh, more than next year is uh, is halfway filled up with the dates. And so many beautiful uh, centers are uh, excited about this program that we do. And basically, within minutes, uh, we, we, we bring uh, like 30 or more djembes, and these are big hand drums and uh, percussion instruments. We just did a group of uh, 200 teens. Um, and, uh, we, we bring them to a place where, uh, they may never have even, uh, held a percussion instrument before. Mm -hmm. And it's really about just get in there. Don't try to do something that you're supposed to do. Just bang on the drum, just shake that shaker and see how it feels. And then what I facilitate is this kind of chaos. And then before you know it, this, this magic happens. See, we're as humans we're really attuned to each other the sense of belonging and creating space together is natural for us Mm -hmm. so rhythm is is the most natural it's the first sound that we really relate to you know the mother's heartbeat Mm -hmm. so to bring that that rhythm into a community to with, with the purpose of connection um and Within five minutes or so, there's this magic that happens where you start to feel this common rhythm. 
And then this heartbeat starts to build. And people start looking at each other and saying, what's that? That sounds great. And then they start to move and their bodies start to move together. Uh, it's just pure magic. And so we've been doing this um, uh, in drum circle format uh, for over 10 years locally. Uh, but we've really developed this beautiful program to expand communities and bring it into existing communities for that that tool of uh, connection. It's it's a very different feel than uh, a mindfulness program because it's really creating chaos on purpose mm. so that it gives them a tool to manage the chaos in different ways. And so th- this is healing for someone who's going through addiction in terms of helping them tolerate chaos? Or can you tell me a little bit more about how this is healing? Uh, Sure, absolutely. Um, So when we bring this into, uh, for instance, uh, a treatment center, we're we're actually teaching this as part uh, so um, that their team can integrate this into uh, a treatment and then offer uh, this to the sober living community so they can continue using these tools of connection and uh, nonverbal communication mm-hmm. um, in the, uh, the sober living communities. Uh, so, and then, so it's kind of bridging uh, learning to express yourself in different ways to mm-hmm. we teach them how to lead the circle. So it's, it's you know, paving your own way from um, you know, there's there's some uh, shame and blame and uh, just a lot of different um, uh, facets of, of walking the recovery path that can be very challenging once, you know, you've, you've integrated the uh, tools into the community or your family. And so what this does is give them safe space to express and explore uh, different ways that they can feel the challenge um, and be able to um, uh, bring it to a sense of self-empowerment, self-discovery, and ways that they feel comfortable interacting and engaging um, in the community. And hopefully the long-term goal is to really uh, help them identify with ways they can personally uh, make changes they feel comfortable with in, uh, in their own recovery. And I don't know too much about this, just to say that there's neurological benefits uh, with drumming and music. Am I right about that? Uh, Yes, there can be. Uh, Not everyone reacts the same, but in my experience, uh, we we have a few different ways of approaching it. If it's a calming um, focus for that particular event, uh, we integrate breath work as well as um, it's a repetitive pattern, uh, and, and yes, that's uh, it's evidence-based. It's really proven to engage the physical body and that left-right, left-right, uh, very predictable pattern, and mm-hmm. it's something called entrainment that happens and, uh, and engages that sense of belonging I was talking about. I love the way you've taken your art and just brought it into new realms. It sounds like it's this creative process that keeps creating, you know, more and more circles outward. Yes, I I call myself an expressive artist because that's really what I'm doing. I'm not... uh, 
I'm not a social worker. I'm not a therapist. I'm not. But what I do well is I bring, I bring out that uh, a very exciting ability to just let go and express how you feel. Because otherwise we bottle it up, we bring, you know, and, and that just does no good for anyone. When we feel bottled up, it's just something's going to explode eventually. So when, when I started drumming, that's why I was really experiencing some, some heavy duty stuff that I couldn't walk, work through uh, in talk therapy and beating on a drum just helped me feel better. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's also how the art of letting go. So in the TED Talk, um, I paint a seven foot by seven foot canvas and it's a spinning easel and it's start to finish in, in, in less than seven minutes. And so this way of expressing yourself and just exploding color and texture works the exact same. There's something in me and I connect with the music and and how I feel and the energy and, and just it moves on the canvas. So it's all that common thread and just different ways that I use personally to unfold who I'm becoming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, the way you're describing it, there's some parts of your history that were were so very dark. And now you're at this point. And I know everything's not perfect and it's not rainbows and unicorns, but it sounds like you're really feeling deeply purposeful and deeply satisfied in in where your life has has come. Is that is that a fair fair statement? Absolutely. I, I believe that we are given the life that we we lead and we sometimes we, we feel like we've fallen into dark times or you know things happen to us but i truly believe that uh, the challenges that come along our path uh, you know they're intended to help us grow to help us grow stronger so that we can bring our light not dim our light but really bring our light um, as a gift to not only ourselves because that's really important that back to that self-care um, but to those around us so that we can help each other grow. So, yeah, yeah. And, and I would say that I'm a, at a very joyful place in my life. And I have a lot of challenges that come up every day still, um, like everyone else does. And I, and I think the difference uh, between myself and, and many people that I know is um, I feel like I have some tools to handle this in ways that feel really good and purposeful where there's been so much in my life I didn't have those tools so you know I have those regrets you know I wish I hadn't said that I wish I hadn't done that I wish that had gone perfect you know a little a little more perfectly you know everyone has that mm-hmm. but uh, I feel much more purposeful in how I present my light to the world mm-hmm. yeah it's this lovely balance between you know you're saying the importance of taking care of yourself making that a priority even before you get out of bed and you're also giving so much of yourself to people who need that either they're you know they're people who are in recovery or people who are just coming to you to have a joyful experience in in the art center absolutely is there anything else you'd like to say, Sandra, uh, to our listeners before we wrap up? Any other words of wisdom? I would like to say probably the, the, the most heartfelt message uh, 
to anyone who is considering uh, any kind of creative modality. Don't wait. Don't put it on that back burner or think that, oh, that's for writers, that's for artists, that's for musicians. I could have done that when I was a child, but, and there's a lot you can fill in that blank. But I believe, and I've seen it for so many years, that we all are creative in some way. Just express whatever you feel. It's a birthright to express yourself. And I strongly recommend doing it in any way that you feel drawn to do it. And do it with all your might and get fired up and spread your light. What a beautiful message for people who are entering their next phase with a lot of questions. What now? You know, I'm no longer a mother of kids who need me to do homework and shuttle me around and, and, and that and maybe rethinking their partnerships if they have them, their jobs. And that's just a really beautiful message. Don't wait. Thank you so much for sharing your light with us today, Sandra. It was lovely hearing uh, how the transformation happened for you and, and how things are going. Thank you so much for allowing me to share this uh, inspiration. It was lovely to speak with you. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us on Zestful Aging. If you like the podcast, please share with some of your friends. I love to hear from my listeners. Send me an email at nicolechristina.com. And please consider becoming a patron of the show. You will get access to exclusive bonuses and you will be part of the Zestful Aging community. Keep us going strong. Go to patreon.com slash Zestful Aging. See you next time for another episode of Zestful Aging.